Hey everyone, it's Mariah and Danny. Welcome to our podcast, Behind Behavior, where we take a look at the science behind behavior and how we actually use it in real life. Short disclaimer, nothing we say on this podcast in any way reflects the opinions of our employers or the BACB. All opinions are our own. Also, there may or may not be some explicit content or language in this episode. One of us tends to swear, and the other one usually doesn't. Join us to find out. What's up, Danny? Mariah, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome. Thanks for having me on (laughs) our podcast. (laughs) You're welcome. Glad to have you here. What are we chatting Uh, about today? So today, we're going to talk about a movie by Disney slash Pixar called Turning Red. It came out in 2022 and it's on Disney Plus if anybody wants to watch it. This movie, um, it never came out in theaters. So personally, I don't think it got the hype that it deserved. I thought it was really good, but it was a little controversial. 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 Whenever it first... Controversial. Controversial. When it first came out, honestly, over dumb stuff. It's it's really not. Super dumb stuff, because I don't feel like it's very controversial at all, but to each their own, I suppose. There are quite a few things I could see how people could get their uh, knickers in a bunch. My partner and I looked it up, because I said that to him, and he was like, what's controversial about it? And I guess one of the things was them showing period products. Um, as we'll talk about it later they don't actually say the word period they call it something else but they do show boxes of like pads and tampons which again i i don't think that's inappropriate i think we should normalize that another controversial thing was like them showing a teenager not listening to their parents that's not controversial that's real life that's real life (laughs) So I thought that some other topics that were controversial that the internet may or may not be um, aligning with or admitting to really is, I believe uh, the dad and the mom are an interracial couple. The dad does. So this whole film is surrounding Asian culture mm-hmm. and the dad to me does not fit the bill for this. Um, they kind of allude to that later on in the film. Yeah. Um, the whole film also encompasses like part of a different religion mm-hmm. other than what is like the standard normalized Western uh, religion of choice, I will say, without naming any names. So if you can read between the lines or listen between the lines, there you have it yeah yeah because this um well let me let me tell the premise of the movie and then we'll come back to that because yes so basically the main character is a 13 year old asian canadian girl i think the family is chinese uh her name is may lin she's in eighth grade like she just turned 13 in the movie 
So kind of the whole movie is about her learning to deal with, you know, puberty, emotions, boy crushes, like typical teenage stuff. So one of the other controversial opinions is that that is too specific of a population and people can't relate to that. But to me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to be like, okay, that doesn't look like my life. That's not how I looked as a teenager. I bet this is how other people feel who don't see themselves in movies a lot. Also, I feel like maybe it's too unrelatable because this experience is only relatable to people who identify as women when they're 13 and have experienced these puberty changes. So maybe if you didn't identify like that, like half the population probably doesn't. That and you have no sense of generalization at all. <laughs> like that's the thing is generalization, right? Like, am am I a, was I a Canadian Asian thirteen year old girl? No, but there's still so much about this movie that I love that I absolutely could relate to. Like they showed the awkwardness of it, and it I think it takes place in like early two thousands, like maybe two thousand and two. Like she's got a Tamagotchi. Mm-hmm. She, I love all of the like 90s nostalgia they have overalls and like the 70s themed flowers they Mm -hmm. have a boy band that they're like obsessed over yes Uh, the friend group starts beatboxing which was like Mm -hmm. a very hip thing in the 90s yes everything is just like 90s vibes for days i loved it so on top of dealing with like school and friends and like typical teenager stuff may's family also owns like a temple business um where they like let in tourists and talk about like their religion and this temple and then may is expected to help work at the family business every day so this kind of becomes like a difficulty for her kind of balancing that life between like helping out her family business and then spending time with her friends Mm -hmm. i'm surprised nobody said that this movie was controversial for child labor laws oh no we're fine with children working for free of course especially for family operated (laughs) so in this temple we see a lot of red panda artwork and symbols and later on in the movie we learn that apparently may's family has a curse or a gift where all the women in the family turn into red pandas if they can't master i.e suppress their emotions when they hit puberty So that's kind of the premise of the movie is May kind of learning how to deal with this panda curse and also going through like typical teenage girl stuff. Right. This panda curse is also never disclosed to May before it just like suddenly surprises her. Yeah, it just kind of happens and she freaks out. Which is understandable. I mean, I'd be freaking out if I just turned into like a massive red panda. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So the first time that she does it actually is the night after her mom like super embarrasses her in front of her this older like boy crush that she has at this like drugstore convenience store or something. Um, And then she gets home and she's thinking about it and she just like bursts into this big big red panda. But after some deep breathing and kind of like sensory input she's able to turn herself back into the human And at this point, it seems like any strong emotion, even like quote unquote good emotions, 
will turn her into the panda. Like she gets excited about a concert and also turns back into the panda. Mm -hmm. This is like a really cute scene because May turns into a panda and then she's like, oh, I'm covered in fur. So she immediately reaches for that sensory input and is like brushing her face, her like big furry cheeks with these two hair brushes and it kind of like helps her get regulated again Mm -hmm. and then she realizes pretty quickly after the first time when she starts to do deep breaths um that she changes back to her human form again and she uses that as a coping skill throughout where she like later on practices deep breaths and that has some carryover with it Yeah, we actually see a lot of good, I think, kind of coping skill or like regulation techniques kind of throughout the movie. But unfortunately, May kind of has to come up with these on her own. Right. And on the fly when Mm -hmm. she's already dysregulated. Yeah, because as soon as her mom finds out that she turns into a panda, she talks about the only cure is to essentially like seal away that red panda spirit into like some sort of pendant. Mm-hmm. So basically bottling up or sealing away your emotions. Because we all it's, know how healthy that is. Right. It's also important to note that May engages in some SIB, which for our listeners, that's self injurious behaviors. Mm-hmm. Prior to finding these coping skills that work pretty quickly. So she engages in hitting herself. Um, I think she's like screaming at one point. She ends up doing a bunch of property destruction. Mm-hmm. That could have just been like part of the emotional dysregulation and her unknowing power as this like red panda now. Yeah. But all of that would come across as quote like problem behavior. Right. And it's like, if that's if that's just where you stopped, and that's kind of where her parents stopped. So their intervention was they took all the furniture out of her room. So basically just had a mattress on the floor. And she was supposed to stay home for like a month and not see or talk to anybody else until they could do this ritual. Mm-hmm. So this ritual is when you pick your like charm and that's how you seal it away. Yeah. So behaviorally speaking, they immediately went to restrictions and punishment, which as behavior analysts, we know that's ethically backwards. We should always be trying least restrictive to most restrictive. Right. So when Malin turns into a red panda first, her it's the morning after she gets embarrassed by her mom. Mm hmm. And she doesn't really notice that she's a red panda yet until she walks into the bathroom and suddenly mm-hmm. she can't see her face in the mirror. She's taller than the vanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like freaking out while her mom tries to enter the bathroom and is just assuming that it's like that time and calls mm-hmm. it asking May through the door if the red peony came to visit right that is the extent of the period talk in this movie that people thought was so controversial well no that's not true because she tries to talk to may like about her changing body but they get interrupted by breakfast burning or something yeah her porridge is burning yes that's what it is but she leaves may with all of these 
um, various boxes of pads and tampons and Advil and things like that. Yeah, I think like in that conversation too, it's very easy for mom to kind of get mixed signals without actually seeing May Mm -hmm. because she's like, no, I'm just like a big red monster. And it's like, okay, I could see where you're misconstruing that. (laughs) She never actually like sees her as a red panda in this scene. Right. It's not until later whenever May goes to school and her mom realizes that she had left the pads at home. So her mom like sneaks onto school grounds and like gets caught by a janitor or an administrator or something. And then May, they can see this all through the classroom window. May gets embarrassed again and then turns into a panda again. And that's when her mom sees it and realizes was what's going on. Yeah, so initially she turns into a red panda without, like, ever really thinking of it. She just, like, can't control her emotions. And that's the triggering point. Mm-hmm. And then while she's kind of locked up in her room, whenever they've taken all the furniture and everything out, I think that's kind of when we first see her, like, intentionally trying some of these, um, like, coping skills, especially when her friends come to visit. Because, of course, she's just, like, disappeared out of school and her little, she's got, like, three best friends that you see throughout the movie. They're really worried about her. And so they come and knock on the window and I think they kind of see her turn into, like, panda ears and a tail or something but Mm -hmm. this kind of period when she's in her room is when we really see her starting to practice some of these coping skills and like regulation techniques and she does it with her friends too so Mm -hmm. she kind of is starting to see what can help like get her back to her typical state and her friends start beatboxing and it's a common song of this favorite boy band they like. And the, this boy band concert is coming up. So that's a huge motivator throughout the film. That's right. She's trying to like prove that she can control the panda in hopes that her parents would let her go to this concert. Because this um, ritual is supposed to occur basically on the same time frame as this boy band. Mm-hmm. And she wants to go see the boy band because obviously that's more fun (laughs) yeah way more reinforcing absolutely 100 percent. so i i mean i really liked kind of the emphasis that the movie put on these techniques i feel like they were a little bit subtle if you weren't looking for them but we do see her deep breathing we see the sensory input when she's brushing her cheeks um she leans a lot on her support system at one point in the movie actually she says i just picture the people that i love the most and her mom assumes that it's her Mm -hmm. and it's not um and then she uses a lot of visualization too when her friends aren't around imagining them hugging her or imagining them saying encouraging things to her things like that May's family even has her go through kind of like a gauntlet of tests to see if even positive emotions start to stir up her red panda. Mm -hmm. So there's one scene where she's like covered in a bunch of kittens. Yeah. And she's just like trying to fight it back. (laughs) (laughs) But she passes this gauntlet and that's where she starts to kind of like build the trust in her parents that 
you know, she can control her red panda and that she can potentially, like, go out to this concert before, mm-hmm. you know, the ritual is supposed to take place. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of, like, pulling the wool over her parents' eyes for this time being. Yeah, especially because her mom actually says she's not allowed to go to the concert. But teenagers being teenagers, they, like, devise this whole plan to raise the money on their own and kind of go behind their parents' backs. Like, oh, if I say I'm staying at your house and you say you're staying at my house. Oldest trick in the book. Right. A hundred percent. May also calls this hustling the panda, which (laughs) I just love it. (laughs) I love that. I love Uh, that. And we're laughing, but, like, she clearly demonstrates control over this panda mm -hmm. throughout like this whole little montage she's able to kind of go in and out of like human and panda which i'm assuming means she has really learned to like experience and sit with her emotions and kind of harness them to her benefit right she's mastering her own red panda but Mm -hmm. throughout this there's like a different a few little different act sprinkles in here Mm -hmm. so when may goes to hustle the panda she essentially gets hired from a classmate to be their like entertainment at a birthday party or something and she agrees to work for x amount of hours and then she's just going to enjoy the party the rest of the time and bank the money so they can purchase these concert tickets together um but you there's a scene where she's happy about being the red panda and like really proud of herself for being able to hustle this money together to get a product that she wants in the end. So she's practicing acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just like very happy. She has kind of like more or less mastered it. What she's thinking so far of mm-hmm. mastering her red panda. Um, later on in this same scene, she gets caught for hustling the panda and then the like boy who's throwing the party kind of starts taunting her and talking bad about her family and then may kind of explodes again in i would say some like verbal and physical aggression outburst mm-hmm. but in this scene you can see that she's expressing her values because mm-hmm. she really believes in her family and what they believe in as turn in terms of like her temple and she values being an authentic part of herself so she's trying to encompass like being the red panda her family culture and her friendship so she's trying to like do all of it which is a lot for a 13 year old to do yeah i mean plus p really that's too much exactly <laughs> that's too much I think that there's a quote that actually her dad says at one point in the movie, which I I really like. And he says, the point isn't to push the bad stuff away. The point is to make room for it and live with it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, of course, this is like a Disney Pixar movie. So there's like a magical element. There's like a story. But at the same time, like it has a really good, like deep point to it hmm I had notes about that comment too and the scene the like segment she says right before dad says this is that 
it really encompasses the fusion part of act where mm-hmm. she's just believing she's like she's a monster like and she's um kind of arguing with her mom that she's never going to be good enough for like her asian mom's standards like she's never going to do all this other stuff mm-hmm. and then uh later on she kind of diffuses from those ideas when she's like further accepted mm-hmm. uh that you know her dad's comment about accepting the good and bad and not being able to push it away like all of that is combined and you just have to kind of like ride with it mm-hmm. but later on she's able to use her thoughts she was fused to kind of like to redirect her mom mm-hmm. because her mom finds out that she actually sneaks away or I guess May blows up and not so subtly sneaks away yeah. to the concert. And the scene of like her eloping more or less to the concert, I thought was like hilarious because she's popping in and out of Red Panda mm-hmm. and just like her typical body. But to me, it's very like crouching tiger hidden dragon pops. But okay. like red panda version mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like scaling over the rooftops and just like that's how she gets across the city so quickly she's dodging traffic it's kind of funny this is like the action scene yeah <laughs> but later on she like brings these statements of fusion back up that she's a monster like she's never gonna live up to her mom's standards she's you know she's just a failure and one thing that this is not a part of fusion but she admits to her mom that she loves gyrating mm-hmm. which her mom just absolutely cannot it. handle that yeah so she's gyrating her little panda body around <laughs> and causing her mom all kinds of grief but i love i mean she's clearly able to tact all of those thoughts and the emotions that go along with them. And you can really see like the emotional maturity that she has that her mom doesn't because she's been suppressing her panda for mm-hmm. years at this right. point. May's mom has never had to practice because as soon as like her panda had arrived, they essentially had already found how to like lock it away in a keepsake. Yeah. So she never had opportunity to learn any of these coping skills and kind of like fully accept what she was which is sad it is sad honestly and i but i feel like that's really common even though this is like speaking particularly about like asian culture i feel like that's true for a lot of people that can easily generalize Mm -hmm. towards like the very ending scene this is just a bit foreshadowing Mm -hmm. may talks about how everybody has those two sides that we all have extreme emotions and some of them just some of us typically just hide it away and never let it out Mm -hmm. but then we never learn how to deal with those very extreme emotions that we do have so she kind of takes the perspective of like i do have extreme emotions and takes like full ownership of them Mm -hmm. to you know continue to accept like her as a whole self every day which i thought was really really uh good to generalize yeah so maylin's dad tells her the scene that the point is to not push away the bad stuff but to just make room for it 
And that scene kind of leads into the panda ritual for Malin. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's surrounded by her relatives, all other women in her family who have successfully, you know, tamed their red panda. And she gets kind of thrown into this alternative dimension. It's kind of like a, I don't know third state it's like a she's physically there but she's kind of like astro projected <laughs> this is definitely the like disney magical element <laughs> right um and at one point it's it's basically like a bamboo forest mm-hmm. and she finds this portal where she just has to walk through this portal and that is what kind of like seals the deal and she'll be like locked her red panda at least will be locked into a pendant of whatever she chooses in this scene i think it's pretty important to note that there's a struggle and it's that, pretty easy to see <laughs> that panda literally looked so sad when it was like about to separate from her mhm almost in tears i think if her dad hadn't given her that like advice beforehand Mm -hmm. and they weren't connecting in that moment prior to this then she might have just like gone straight through yeah but it's essentially like a double-sided mirror Mm -hmm. and on one side the panda is being like split from may and each person each part of herself is really in distress about splitting mm-hmm. and ultimately she's decided to stay whole and this Yay. is kind of like a committed action piece so mm-hmm. she's already accepted herself and that part of her is the red panda and her committed action is following through and staying whole with mm-hmm. both of her sides yeah which we love right i love some follow-through Definitely. And I love making space for the parts of yourself that aren't your favorite, but they're there and you have to learn how to make the best of it. I think that like, this is a cute movie. Like it's Disney. Disney Pixar usually makes a good movie, but I also feel like movies like this are really important for people to see because it normalizes a lot of like dumb teenage stuff, a lot of like biological stuff with the period, you know, pads and tampons. But also a lot of this emotional regulation stuff, even if it's subtle, they're not outright going to say she's doing a deep breathing technique right now. Right. They would never. No. (laughs) But I think it's important for people to see that like, oh, wait, I also feel like that sometimes. I don't turn into a panda, but sometimes I do feel out of control or like I'm letting down my parents or that I have all this pressure. Mm -hmm. That's a totally normal feeling. Especially with this, like, age group, mm-hmm. big emotions are big because you may have never experienced that emotion before. Right. You may have dueling emotions happening at the same time and don't know how to, like, handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of kids these this, like, younger age, you've never had to hone in a coping skill before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... We can see in adults, you only have coping skills as adults if you've learned them. If you've so practiced you- them when you don't need to cope. 
Right. So if you are 13 and suddenly you have to cope with something you've never had a coping skill before, of -hmm. course, it's not just like a casual walk in the park. Yeah, I think that also goes for just talking about our emotions. You know, for example, in the scene when May is in the bathroom and she's like, there's red everywhere. And the mom assumes she's a 13 year old girl. She just had her period. May has never practiced communicating about that before because it's a totally new thing right she just turned into a panda but if we're going to generalize that into real life talking about our emotions is also a skill because if i'm upset Mm -hmm. like that's individualized to me my sad doesn't feel the same as mariah's sad and if i feel sad you can't necessarily tell from the outside so that's something i have to practice being able to feel that figure out what i'm feeling and then communicate it to other people And that's really difficult when you don't have an example to look to because it's inside. And it's individual. And yes, your sad can be different every time. Exactly. Exactly. So that's also a skill that if you don't learn as a child or as a teenager, you're not automatically going to know how to do that as an adult. I think this kind of transitions to another scene we see in the movie where... May is still her panda. She's decided not to not to separate. And then they need to attempt to do this ritual again. While mm-hmm. May's mom has cracked her red panda pendant. And now she can no longer contain her red panda. Mm-hmm. So May's mom freaks out and is like, how dare she dis- disrespect her mother like this after I've done all this stuff for her. And mm-hmm. basically goes on like a blind rage yeah (laughs) um so then all the other ancestors and like family members who are with her more or less have to break their pendants to even have a fighting chance of controlling may's mom's red panda she's that enormous and it's like this she's that cutthroat as a red panda Mm -hmm. but all of her like family members they all meet in this like astro projection realm and they all decide if they're going to go back through this mirror or not. And right before they go through, one of them says, May's going to keep her panda. And the other person says, yeah, she's going to keep her panda. That's her choice. Mm -hmm. And they kind of just accept that she's going to keep her panda. And in this area, May can see that all of her, all of the other women kind of guiding her through this experience, they all go through the double mirror and they all choose to lock their panda away again. And I think that shows that they've never had this opportunity to develop coping skills mm-hmm. and fully accept their red panda. And for them now, it's easier just to like lock it back away and like continue the transition. Yeah. But May really steps into like a self as context area where she's excited to keep her red panda see the challenge and kind of like rises up to the challenge of how this can change and shape the future Mm -hmm. of like not just for herself but potentially other family members and she just sees that she's like larger than this current moment she's breaking that generational trauma right she's accepting the red panda and it's phenomenal Mm mm-hmm um, also accepting the red panda later on seems to have a benefit as it's uh, 
she kind of turns into like a tourism panda where she keeps hustling the panda and her temple her family temple is seeing like the most traction it's ever seen that's right is their fundraising to like fix this uh concert dome arena that her mom destroyed so right yeah but by the end of the movie we can see like she's popping in and out of panda as she pleases her parents are totally accepting of it and they're actually working together as a family like in their family business and she's using her talents as this panda to help the business but we also see that she has worked on setting boundaries with her mom and creating a balance because i think in the last scene or something she leaves work to go hang out with her friends and her Mm -hmm. parents let her go. Whereas at the beginning of the movie, her mom would have pressured to stay to help the family. Right. And in that scene, she leaves in a combination of both selves. So she has like furry red panda ears and her Mm -hmm. furry tail sticking out. Mm -hmm. And her mom says, you're not going out like that. And she says, my panda, my choice, mom. Right. So mom's like, all right can't argue with that and she lets her go yeah so we can see that mom is like starting to work but at the same time if if you have no coping skills if you have no practice naming talking about or feeling your emotions as an adult then you do have to start a little bit slower so we can see that mom's working on acceptance but it's going to take her a little bit longer than it does for may mm-hmm. i think the whole like self as context piece kind of leaves you up to thinking like okay they're all seeing may do it now is somebody else potentially going to break their pendant on purpose in the future so they can kind of wrangle their emotions and have the opportunity to because it's totally different to like practice a coping skill when you're regulated Mm -hmm. and then actually deploying that coping skill when you're dysregulated right it's totally different and it can feel a little silly sometimes practicing these coping skills or or even just thinking through them talking through them but then when you're dysregulated it really pays off because Mm -hmm. it you're dysregulated you're not thinking clearly even something just as taking a deep breath doesn't come easy when you're in a dysregulated state Especially because we only learn our coping skills if we've been modeled this behavior. Yeah. So if you don't have like a reliable model, uh, this is probably a total walk in the dark for May. Because her mom never had these coping skills. Mm-mm. I think her dad is probably a good reference. He's very cool, calm, collected. Yeah. But um, if he's when he thought like she was in a period crisis he was just kind of like hands off like he shut down and was kind of panicked didn't know he didn't do. know what to do <laughs> but it's like there's going to be more challenging times where you need to have these skills available mm-hmm. and even help model them for people who need to use them in the future too so yeah so coping skills i know and i just to generalize it back to like real life i really like movies like these because i feel like this might be a lot of people's first visual example of what these coping skills look like you know if their parents didn't use them or if you are the parent and you're like I know that I don't have coping skills but I don't know how to teach my child that because I was never taught movies like this can be a really helpful like visual aid of what that looks like 
definitely i think if if you're watching it and picking up on those skills enough Mm -hmm. but i think the average person probably isn't like yo look at may use these coping skills brushing her cheeks (laughs) probably not but at least the conversations out there i guess right you know with that being said i still don't feel like this uh children's movie was controversial enough for any like heat about it but i don't think so at all in fact i think it was like it should have been in theaters i don't know why it wasn't in theaters it was just released straight to streaming i really liked it i felt like it was like still on brand for pixar but at the same time we haven't seen it before you know (laughs) yeah may even has this part in the movie when she like finally like it's her last chance to turn into her little pendant panda or stay whole Mm -hmm. and she kind of looks at like this uh ultimate ancestor and she's like i'm not gonna regret this am i and the ancestor just kind of like swoops her up and is has like the most celebratory moment ever Mm -hmm. and i think then she realizes like okay i'm making a solid choice and this is something i can continue to follow through on like whatever it is i'm gonna be my full self Mm -hmm. yeah i I don't know think that speaks to her values because she always tries to be really authentic i think in that moment she views it as a gift whereas all the way throughout the movie up until that point it had been depicted as a curse Mm -hmm. so yeah i think you're right i think she's realizing what her value is and her it is authenticity and if she's going to be her authentic self that means her red panda too they even started selling like red panda merch which was pretty cute didn't the girls make like little beaded remember those like little beaded lizard charms and stuff Mm -hmm. we used to make i think they made red panda versions of those in the movie I think so. And like her dad covers a shift for her and he turns into like this red panda who's really just like wearing a cardboard box. Oh yeah, that cardboard box costume. That's pretty cute though, but dad's like really supportive. (laughs) He was definitely like the quiet dad, like mom ran the show. Dad was like quiet supportive from the background. Mm -hmm. All right, Danny. Do we have anything else to wrap up about this or do we want to hop into our bits and bobs? Oh, let's do bits and bobs because I'm very excited about mine this week. All right. I will let you go first. So my bits and bobs this week is a video game. Fun fact about me. I do like silly little video games. Um, This one is on Steam. You can get it for Windows or Mac. I have a Mac. The game is called Roots of Pacha. Um, it just came out, I think, like, April 25th. If you like Stardew Valley, you will like mm, this game. I love mm-hmm. a good Stardew. If you like Stardew Valley, you'll like this game. It's, uh, like, a farming simulator. You're kind of building up the village. You're making friends. The kind of hook for this game, though, is that it's prehistoric, which I just, I love prehistoric animals and i just think it's really cool um it is fictionalized right so like if you're a big history buff it's probably not going to be like time period correct or anything but 
So you're in this prehistoric village and kind of what's different about this game is your villagers don't necessarily know what certain vegetables are. They don't know like certain technologies. You're learning that kind of throughout the game. It's just really cute. You can befriend animals. You can build your farm. It's really Sounds cute. cute. Yeah, kind of a low stakes, cozy, relaxing, fun time. Nice. Yeah. Love to hear it. Yeah. What about you, Mariah? What's your bits and bobs for us this week? Completely switching gears. Okay. My bits and bobs is Quip. Ooh, okay. I love Quip. It's spelled Q-I-P. No, um, it's not. <laughs> Q-U-I-P. <laughs> uh, every Q has a U with it, so yes. <laughs> Danny is correct. I can't spell, apparently. <laughs> Um, I actually got this bits and bobs from Danny when we were on a trip one time. Mm-hmm. We were sharing a room and quips come. This was like the OG quip when you could only buy this online. Yeah. Uh, quip comes with kind of, well, first off, it's a toothbrush. And it's oh, a yeah, that's an important piece of information. <laughs> it is a toothbrush subscription service. Mm-hmm. you've heard that right so the it's like a stick toothbrush nothing super fancy but then it is also like a moving toothbrush what electric that? yeah vibrating, vibrating yeah electric gyrating toothbrush. gyrating toothbrush <laughs> um but it's really cool and i've recommended it for client use too if you're working on adl skills activities of daily living specifically brushing teeth Mm -hmm. because there's a timer on it that lets you it tells you every 30 seconds to switch quadrants in your mouth so Mm -hmm. you turn your toothbrush on you brush for 30 seconds in the lower right you brush for 30 seconds lower left left and then just move around your mouth and it'll like pulsate every time you have to sw- to switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it already times your two minutes brushing, which we know is the optimal time range to brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. Every quarter, so that's every 90 days, you're supposed to change your toothbrush head. Well, if you have an electric toothbrush and you kind of forget to do annual things or quarterly things, rather, Quip sends you a new toothbrush head and a new battery. Mm-hmm. So there's no excuse not to have a fresh brush head and keeping your teeth tip-top shape. Right. Uh, Quip also comes with a toothbrush cover. And on that toothbrush cover, there's a sticky pad. My Quip is so old now that I ripped my sticky pad off. But when I had initially ran into Quip with Danny, she had the sticky pad like suction cup to the room mirror we were using. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I've seen those. Do you really like them? And of course she did. So, yeah. of course, I got a quip. It's, and they've really expanded since then. Now you can, I have their, like, floss pick. They also sell mouthwash, toothpaste, and they've upgraded their, their toothbrushes now. It's a Bluetooth, and it connects with an app. So, if you're the kind of person that needs to, like, gamify your daily tasks to do them quip app tracks when you brush your teeth and you can get points and earn rewards 
very interesting very interesting but if that's an extra thing and like that's overwhelming to you you don't have to use the app like the toothbrush works just fine without the app the toothbrush is very sleek Mm -hmm. very modern um since the toothbrush cover covers like half of the toothbrush i i just always keep my toothbrush covered also because it's in the bathroom and that's kind of gross if you don't but since it takes a battery and you get a new battery every quarter you never have to plug it in you don't have an extra charger like it just simplifies everything you get the benefits of an electric toothbrush with it Mm -hmm. being like completely wireless yeah at at all times you Mm -hmm. never have to charge it so that's one less thing to clean one less thing to plug in one less thing to maintain and it's very easy um I've even recommended it to friends who are like flight attendants and they've bought one just for their work bag. It's great for travel because the top, I use the top like a travel cover. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's awesome. I love Quip. And they have a ton of cute colors. They even have a kid's line. They do. My partner has the all matte black. I think mine's like, it is good. Even the bristles and everything are black. Um, I think mine's the copper color. I'm so jealous. I have the silver. Mm-hmm. And I think they're way more affordable than when we had bought them. I think so. I think now you can buy them at Target or Walmart. At, yeah, Target. Maybe? Something like that. But in the show notes, I'll put a link to their website so people can see everything that they offer. And I will also put our referral codes. We have so you, referral codes. If you have an account, you have a referral code. Girl, I don't have a Quip account because I'm not gamifying my life. I'm just living. Then I will put my referral code. And if you use it, you get a kickback and I get a kickback. You're welcome. I do know you like that flosser. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing. If you fall behind on your subscriptions, which a little tidbit about me is I hate subscription culture but we probably already found that out about Spotify. and I love subscriptions. <laughs> um, if you ever fall behind and end up like realizing you have an extra head and battery laying around or whatever, mm-hmm. you cannot simply skip your next shipment. Mm-hmm. You would have to cancel your whole subscription and then like wait three months or whatever when you need your new uh, shipment. For it to come in. So if you fall behind and you're not keeping up on your dental hygiene, it'll show in the fact that you're going to get an extra shipment anyways. And I only get a replacement head and a battery. Mm -hmm. I don't use anything else besides their toothbrush. I've used their toothpaste and stuff before, but I don't know. My mouth's kind of sensitive to ingredients and toothpaste. I'm very specific, but my entire subscription is five dollars every three months Mm -hmm. so very affordable way more convenient especially because i never have to go to the store and then try to remember what kind of electric toothbrush i have and then get the wrong heads and then have to return it and you guys know how it goes yeah yeah realistically it's a very similar cost to buying one in the store but you don't have to go out and do it because i'm gonna forget every time and their packaging is completely recyclable. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a win, 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 win. I love that. Ending on a good dental hygiene note. Yeah. I mean, you only have to brush and floss the teeth you want to keep. 
good point. <laughs> That's like the oldest joke in the book, but I love it. I cannot get enough of that one. I've literally <laughs> never heard that in my life. <laughs> if you only want like one tooth, you only got to floss one tooth. Yeah, it sounds like a deal. <laughs> I'm not even a dad. You guys are getting free dad jokes. Mm. <laughs> okay, Dad Mariah. We'll see All you right. later. <laughs> see ya. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at, at Behind Behavior Pod. Or if you're old school, send us an email at contact behind behavior at gmail.com. Smell you later.